Thank you, Diana Winston, and to the call to unite our moment to celebrate the single principle that we are one and to celebrate our commitment to work for the justice and joy that we can achieve only if we work as one. Thanks also to the Radical Relief Fund, which has been so generous with us, to all of our donors and supporters, to Peter and Jennifer Buffett, to our corporate partners, to all those of you who have given at Give Directly, who have offered to serve at Points of Light, please do so even now. Even a small contribution makes a difference to people in need at this time. Now we get the chance to meet a man often called America's pastor. The superlatives are almost too many to name. His book has sold, I believe, 50 million copies in English. He has served in and through 34 international and national pandemics with response teams that are curing and researching and serving those in the midst of enormous challenges. He has prayed at two inaugurations, one for a Republican and one for a Democrat. This month alone, his Saddleback Church community has served over 40,000 meals to people who need them. That's just the tip of the iceberg of the work and leadership and service to the soul of Pastor Rick Warren. Rick, welcome to the call to Unite. Thank you, Tim. I've been watching for hours and taking literally pages and pages of notes. You guys are knocking it out of the park. We, we are, we, we, it's, a, it's been an extraordinary community. Uh, people say to me, have you slept? The answer is no. Am I tired? <laughs> no, I'm not tired because yeah. I'm just so inspired by people. I'm just blown. I mean, you'd think I would have known what was coming. I didn't. Um, but people really want to hear from you, Rick. They want to know we're in the midst of this, arguably the worst pandemic, certainly of our lifetimes, maybe of a, of a few centuries. Um, but you've seen pandemics, you've seen them destroy communities, and you've seen them solved, you've seen them overcome. What, what, what can we learn from what our experience in these, in these other previous times? Yeah, well, there are a lot of things that we can learn. As some people have pointed out, it's the worst of times, it's also the best of times, because we're seeing people. One of the things we've learned is that people are willing to sacrifice for the common good. We're seeing that. That's a lesson. People, people will respond to the best when the best is asked of them. We're seeing that. Uh, people are capable of, one of the things we've learned is that people are capable of making huge, radical behavioral changes when they're motivated. Hmm. You know, we're, we're told all the time in society, well, people will never change. They can't change. They don't change. And uh, you just got to accept them. This this pandemic has proven people are willing, to, they're capable of making huge radical changes uh, if they understand it. I have listened now for hours to this, and it's very clear that people want things to be different after this is over. Hmm. That we didn't just put push pause on everything, but we need to push reset. And, and it's revealed that the status quo, nobody liked it. Okay. So this is an opportunity. Uh, you know, now there's some negative things or, or, or uh, they're not negative as much as we just re re realize in reality uh, with the rising death toll, we've realized we're all terminal. Okay. We, we all are terminally ill. 
Uh, none of us is going to live forever on this planet. We don't control things as much as we think we do. Uh, we aren't who we think we are. Pain is the great equalizer. Uh, it's been said many, many times. Uh, and, and I liked what somebody said. It's been quoted now several times. That we're, we're not, people say, well, we're all in the same boat. We're not. We're not all in the same boat. We're all in the same storm. We're all in the same storm. Right. But some people are in a yacht. Some people are in a rowboat. Some people are barely hanging on to a piece of driftwood. And we have seen in this the great disparity between haves and have-nots. And, and that's, that's a learning. It's come to the forefront. My favorite thing I think that people are learning is they're learning to appreciate the people who serve them all the time that they've ignored. Yeah. I, I love that, that, that the people who are in the service industry are really the ones that are putting their lives on the lines. And I'm not just talking about healthcare people, but people in transit mm. and, and people who clean up the hospitals. And you know, those people... Uh, often are ignored, and now everybody realizes they are essential workers in our lives. And I, I hope that that'll give a new appreciation for uh, people that really deserve more appreciation. It's almost as though, uh, I think Oprah said it, you know, that we, we think of the people who are still employed as, you know, many people, white-collar type jobs, people who can work at home on computers, yeah. those kinds of things. The people, as you point out, who are cleaning hospitals, who are driving, who are keeping the public transportation system going, who are yeah. picking up our, our, uh, our garbage and th these kinds of things. The, these are the people actually who have earned and been revealed to have the highest level of esteem and at the same time still paid the least. I mean, we've seen this with people with intellectual challenges still. Yeah. I mean, extraordinary health disparities. People have been working on this for a generation, the Golisano Foundation I work with. But you know, up until now, people haven't paid attention you know, it's been an uphill battle to say these people aren't treated justly by the system. Mm -hmm. So I guess I, I want to ask you, you know, you've, you've mentioned before there are two pandemics going on yeah. here. You know, one is the disease, but there are, there, there's a lot of other problems that are being revealed. H how, do we, how do we fight the disease but keep our eye on these inequalities and, and right. these other uh, right. problems? Well, there is the disease of COVID-19, but then there is the dis-ease of all the stress from the fallout of COVID-19. Schools mm -hmm. closing, uh, businesses closing, churches and houses of worship closing, and on and on and on. Uh, it, doctors and, and, and uh, healthcare and scientists are frantically working on the cure for the disease. Uh, my job as a pastor and jobs of counselors is to help people with the dis-ease because there are a lot of emotional uh, fallouts, negative emotions. People are scared. People are anxious. When people, you know that when you're under stress, you drop out of the top part of your brain, your cortex, into the lower parts of your brain. You don't think straight. You have a hard time making decisions. I heard Simon Sinek talk about he had all these books he wanted to read, uh, and, and other people say, well, I'm not getting any writing done. It's because those involve decision-making, and it's hard to make decisions when you're under stress. Mm. And so there, there, are, there are emotions out there like loss. Everybody's had loss. And I'm not talking about simply the loss of a loved one, but you didn't get to go to a graduation. You didn't get to see your grandchild born uh, during the last couple months. Uh, you didn't get to um, 
celebrate, uh, uh, you know, a retirement. Uh, if you had a loved one die, you might not have got, been able to go to the funeral. Mm -hmm. the, the fallout of the dis-ease is going to be much, much greater and last much, much longer. Long after we find a vaccine and a cure for COVID-19, the emotional fallout, the, uh, the uh, relational fallout, the economic fallout, that's the disease, and that's the part I've been focusing on. I'm doing a series right now uh, on it, trying to uh, help people cope with the disease. That's the second pandemic, and it's actually going to last longer. You know, I was we were you know I've done some work in the course of my career with as many people have with post traumatic stress disorder, and yeah. I've been thinking with others about how could is there a way to create because this is traumatic. I mean, there's no two yeah. ways about it. I mean, I've seen it in my yeah. own family. Every so many millions of people have, and, and will continue, as you point out. Is there a way we can create post traumatic strength? Oh, development? yeah, is yeah there there, there is. You, you, you've got a lot of services at, at Saddleback and your network of yeah. faith based organizations around the world. What can you offer people right now yeah. to help them start to build the resilience and strength to manage and so that we don't have a 20 year history, you know, legacy of this that's causing people pain uh, uh, well after you say, like, as you say, after the vaccine comes, God yeah. willing, very soon? Well, this week in the series that I, I'm teaching right now, I, I'm doing a message on the 10 COVID commandments. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm talking about commandments for emotional health. I don't have time to go into all of those. But one of them is start and end the day refueling your soul. Mm -hmm. You have a certain amount of reservoir mm -hmm. uh, of emotional and spiritual and even physical energy. Some people came into this pandemic with their tanks very full. Some came into them half empty. Some of them, they were already depleted. And those are the people that I'm the most concerned about. And they, But there are some things you can do to restore. He restores my soul, as David said in mm. Psalm 23. And one of the things is to start and end your day refueling your soul. I want to give a suggestion. You know, uh, the Muslims and the Jews and the Christians all accept the book of Psalms as the word of God. All three mm -hmm. of them do. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would get a Bible in a modern translation. I would open it to the book of Psalms and I'd put it by your bedside. And I would do what I call his word, last word, and his word, first word. Or God's word, last word, God's word, first. When you get up in the morning, before you get up, don't look at your phone don't look at the news. First, no, I read, do that. <laughs> <laughs> read a little bit uh, from the book of Psalms. Just start chapter one. Now, it doesn't matter how long you read. It's not five minutes, 15 minutes. You read until something speaks to you, and then you just stop. If you read one verse and, and it hits Great you, much. stop there. Okay, you don't, you don't need like 15 minutes. Just get one thought and then stop. Make it the first word of your day. And then at the end of the day, and by the way, I would say leave that Bible open because if it's closed, you tend to ignore it. But if it's open by your bedside, as you're getting ready to go to bed, you pick it up and you start where you left off this morning. You read the next verse and you just keep reading until something really hits you, something that's comforting, something that's challenging, something that restores your soul. And, and then you go to bed at night. That's a simple little, little thing you could do. Uh, another thing you could do is show grace to yourself and to others. You need to treat yourself the way God treats you. How does God treat you? He treats you with grace, with, with mercy, with forgiveness. 
Uh, God, grace is God gives us what we need, not what we deserve. Uh, if I got what I deserved, I wouldn't even be around. Okay. <laughs> but so if God treats me with grace, then I need to treat myself with grace. And what I'm saying on that is be kind to yourself. Realize that every day this crisis goes on, it's, re, it's pulling reserves out of your reserve. You're being drained like, a, like letting the air out of a tire every day. That's why you can't get as much done. Don't expect yourself to be at the same level of efficiency and effectiveness as you were before this crisis. Be kind to yourself and be kind to other people. That's showing the same grace to yourself and to others that God shows you. Pastor Rick Warren, um, we've had meditations, we've had chants, we've had poetry, yeah. we've had all forms of readings, we've had songs, we've had speeches. Mm -hmm. uh, you've, you asked me before we started, would it be appropriate to pray? And yeah. uh, in this community, we welcome all forms. This is this is our mission. This is our goal: is to create a platform where the only criteria is that you're human and that you're willing to right. believe that we're one. I invite you, uh, Pastor, to lead us in prayer. Thank you. Well, I, I want to just say specifically that anybody who's hurting right now, if you're grieving the loss of a loved one, I, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry for your loss. If you're feeling fearful. Um, about somebody who you love is sick, I will pray for you. Uh, and if you're feeling hopeless and maybe you even thought about taking your life, please don't. Please don't. Um, write me, Pastor Rick at Saddleback.com. We'll work through this together. Okay? Please, please don't. You matter to God and you matter to us. And we need you alive, okay? We need you alive. Uh, anybody who wants the series that I'm in right now, if you email me, PastorRickSaddleback.com, I'll send it to you free. Be glad to. And if you need to be in a support group, you can text me, 99,000 support group. We have over 9,000 support groups all around the world. And I'll help you get in a support group uh, right now. Just text me, uh, 99,000, small group, one, one word. Let me pray for you. Uh, God, I thank you that you're a God of love. The Bible says God is love. Not that you have love, but that you are love. There would be no love in the universe if it weren't, if you weren't a God of love. The only reason we're able to give and receive love is because God is love. I thank you that you love us on our bad days and on our good days. I, I thank you that you love us when we feel it and when we don't feel it. I thank you that we can't make you stop loving us. We can try, but we'll fail. Because your love for us isn't based on what we do. It's based on who you are. It's not based on what we do, but what Jesus did for us. And so we receive your love and help us to so feel love that we can be loving to others. Help us to feel so graced that we can be gracious to others. Help us to feel so forgiven that we cut other people slack too. And for those who are going through a tough time right now, those who are on the edge, those who are feeling alone, help them to realize they are not alone, that they matter to you and they matter to us and that there are people who will help them in a second if they'll just reach out. 
And I pray your blessing on this entire uh, 24-hour extravaganza. Use it for uh, the good of the earth and the glory of God. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Pastor Rick Warren. Very gracious and very grateful for your presence and your continued support of building this call to unite. Thank you.